Well, hello, my friends, and thank you for joining us for Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Hey, we're on part two of the Fruits of the Spirit, and I'm going through the ABCs, just taking one letter at a time, talking about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's dive right into our passage today, Galatians chapter 5. We are reminded that the Holy Spirit produces a kind of fruit in our lives, and here it is, love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and have crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That's a point there that you must drive home every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited. Let us not provoke one another. Let us not be jealous of one another. So here's what your life looks like when you're filled with the Spirit. You are growing in love. You're growing in joy. You're growing in peace. You're growing in patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So here's my question. Are you growing in these areas. If not, why not? It's because you're not surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And I know we come up with a whole bunch of reasons why we're not so lovely and and we'll say things, well, I've been through some hard times and, and as a result of these hard times, I'm an unlovable person or I've lost my joy. Now listen, don't let anybody steal your joy. Your joy is not based upon your circumstances. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Same with peace. You can have inward peace even though your life is falling apart on the outside because there's a peace that transcends all understanding. It's the peace of Christ that takes up rulership within my heart and my life. Well, we talked about letter A. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are abiding in Christ. John 15, talking about the vine and the branches, okay? Uh, Letter B, we talked about the fact if you're abiding in Christ, you are being constantly led by the Spirit, not faulty emotions, not even reason. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, I've got to admit, sometimes I'm led by me. Sometimes I'm led by others. Sometimes I'm led by circumstances and events and conditions and things that are out of my control. But all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So what is the most prominent influencer in your life? If you're being led by the Spirit, you are a child of God. So we abide in Christ. We're being constantly led by the Spirit. And then let her see. We crucify the flesh. Romans 8, 13. And you think about putting to death the deeds of the body. You will live. You know, I think about overcoming temptation. There's two ways to overcome temptation. One, you resist it, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And number two, you run from it. Now, I find that when it comes to the matter of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, I better run from those sins, right? I don't want to get into debate with somebody who's trying to, uh, to, to fuel the lust of the flesh. I want to get away from that. Now, I'm going to stand up for evil, right? I'm going to get right in the face of devil, uh, of the enemy, and I'm going to stand against the forces of evil. And Paul spends a whole chapter in Ephesians chapter 6 talking about how we can resist evil by being armored up, right? The helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the, the belt of truth and the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God. All of these are to protect the front side of us. There is no place to run when it comes to defeating the forces of evil, we stand up to it. 
So we learned today that if we abide in Christ, if we are living in such a way that we're being constantly led by the Spirit, and we are crucifying the flesh, we are Spirit-filled. And then letter D, we look at being devoted to the Father. When you think about being devoted to the Father, this is a relationship that we have that is based on adoption. And our text for this is found in Romans chapter 8, down at verse number 15. You see, we're not receiving that spirit of slavery, says Paul, but we receive the spirit of adoption as sons. And then he uses two words, Abba, Father, Daddy. Uh, the terms of endowment, Father talking about his title, Abba talking about his unconditional love for us. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We're heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. So we're devoted to Father because of what he's done for us. And that's kind of where we left off on the broadcast yesterday. So you may be saying, I am trying to be devoted to the Father. But maybe you're listening to me and say, man, my wife got cancer. And, and I'm opened up to this pain, and, and I can't get away from the pain that, that I see my life and my wife going through. You, you have an option. You can either let that pain rule you, or you can realize that God can speak to you in the midst of that pain. C.S. Lewis said that God whispers to us in our times of pleasure, but he shouts to us in our times of pain. You know that there are 40 million people right now that are dying of some kind of an incurable disease. But you don't have to be miserable. You can realize that I'm going to be devoted to the Father even in the midst of fighting this disease. Now, I know that is easy for me to say that because right now, as I speak to you, I'm fairly healthy. But there have been times in my life when I wasn't so healthy. And, and I learned in those times to trust in the Lord with all my heart not leaning on my own understanding, and all my ways acknowledging him. I've learned that the Lord's got to slow me down because I'm a knucklehead, and, and he's got to slow me down long enough to grab my attention. Has it ever occurred to you that God is slowing you down a little bit just right now so he can grab your attention? He so wants to have a relationship with you that he's willing to slow you down so that he can have that relationship to you. And sometimes it involves pain. Well, you know, those who listen to me often know that I have a I have a son that has autism, and, and, and one of the hard things is that he's nonverbal, so it's hard to communicate uh, and, and figure out exactly what he's uh, struggling with. But I, I want to get a picture of your mind as, as how sometimes we have to work in a difficult way to protect people from something bad. Let, let's imagine that my son, who, who doesn't uh, communicate, and, and let, let's say that he's just running, right? And and, and our church is right on a busy road. It's Battlefield Boulevard. And, and let's say that he gets out and he's running toward Battlefield Boulevard. And, and he's just going just as fast as he can. And he's in his own little world. And, and I see him. And he's too far away for me to get to him. And so I yell and I scream. And, and I said, Seth, stop. Turn around. But he, he's too far from me. He can't hear me. And he is barreling on through that traffic and, and or heading toward that traffic. And, and in the corner of my eye, I see something that he doesn't see. I see something that he is not even aware of. I see, I see this dump truck barreling on down the road. You know, the speed limit is 55 in front of the church, and, and, I, and, I, and I can see in my mind there's going to be a, an ultimate collision here because the driver of that truck hasn't seen him yet, and Seth doesn't see the truck anymore uh, yet. And, and so what do I do? I, I am panic-stricken, so I, I see there's a rock on the side of the road, and so I, I pick up that rock, and I, and I hurl it 
and I hit my son in the back. And as that stone hits him in the back, all of a sudden he stops and he turns around and he looks at me and he realizes that I just hit him with a rock. And so instead of running toward the road, now he comes running toward me angry, ticked off. How in the world could dad hurl a rock and hit me with that rock? What my son doesn't know is that rock that hit him was the rock that saved him. So many times God does the same exact thing to us. He hurls things into our lives. He is a sovereign God. It doesn't take him by surprise. I want you to know he orders all things. He is not willing that evil takes place, but he allows things into our lives, sometimes to grab our attention. When I look at this particular verse, I want to remind you that we belong to God the Father. If you've been born again, you belong to God the Father. And sometimes a father has to chastise his children. The writer of Hebrews says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. So be devoted to the Father. No matter what happens, be committed to him. Letter E stands for being enmeshed with the word of God. How that is where the word of God is so much part of my life that you can't tell the difference between my life and the word of God. Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 5. Don't get drunk with wine. Well, that leads to debauchery. What is that? That is a life that is out of control, that is driven by lust. A life that is, is no longer driven by sound reason, but is driven by the lust of the flesh. He says, don't get drunk with wine. That is debauchery. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, as I think about this particular passage, it's because we're enmeshed with the Word of God. And Colossians 3.16 says, let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Now I want you to know the Christians, we are distinguished from non-Christians because we've been born again. We have received everlasting life. We have been baptized in the body of Christ. We are indwelled by the Spirit of God, and we are sealed by the Spirit of God. These works of the Spirit are evident in every true believer. Now, it's obvious, however, that all Christians don't have the same degree of spirituality or the same degree of wisdom or yieldedness to the Lord. You know, the scriptures even speak about those who are spiritually immature or those who are fleshly, living in the power and the direction of the sinful nature. The Corinthians, who were addressed in 1 Corinthians 1-2, they were addressed as those who were sanctified in Christ Jesus. They were called to be holy together with all those everywhere who call upon the name of the Lord, their Lord and our Lord. We are classified as spiritual beings that are to live a holy life. And unfortunately, I believe Christianity for for many churches has been dumbed down. It's like, just just show up, and we're not going to put any expectations on you. I'm okay, you're okay. And we pat one another on the back, and we say that this whole faith is designed to make you better who you are, and we forget about living a holy life. But 1 Corinthians 3, 1 tells us, brothers, I couldn't address you as spiritual, but as worldly. You were just mere infants, mere infants that never grew up. Well, how can one define the difference between a Christian who is spiritual and one who is not? The difference is related to the work of the Spirit of God in a person's heart. Every Christian is indwelt by the Spirit. 
but every Christian does not heed the direction and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Accordingly, those who listen to the world rather than the Holy Spirit are worldly or are fleshly. Those who are guided by the Holy Spirit are spiritually minded and they enjoy the things of God. Those who are spiritual live by the Spirit. That is, we walk or we live by the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Christians who have been saved for a long period of time often achieve spiritual maturity when they grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. You see, spiritual growth for the believer is emphasized in Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about God has given some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the works of service so that the body may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we're no longer infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind, and every teaching by the cunningness and the craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, we speak the truth in love, and we grow up in Him, that's Christ, who is the head. For in him, the whole body is joined together and and every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So spiritual maturity is not measured by the length of my time that I'm a Christian, but rather by the extent that Christ is growing in me and I'm growing in the knowledge of Christ and the fellowship of the Lord. To make it real simple, I am more mature spiritually when I look more like Jesus. You see, it's impossible, even for a new Christian, to be filled with the Spirit without being surrendered to the Spirit. Now, as we think about this whole concept of being one who is being enmeshed in the Word, I want to give a word of caution because we can live our lives and we can memorize a lot of God's Word. We can focus on a lot of God's Word, but if it's not in us, we are not maturing. You can have a whole lot of facts. And matter of fact, Paul says that if we're not careful, you know, all this knowledge can puff us up, right? And make us appear more spiritual than we are. I guess you could put it like this. It's kind of like the guy who goes to school and let's say he wants to be a mechanic. And so he goes to a technical school and he attends all the classes and he gets all straight A's in the academic world and he does very well, but he's never had any hands-on experience. Uh, He may be ASC certified, right, as a mechanic, but he's never done any kind of mechanical work. (laughs) Now, would you ask that guy to change out your transmission? I don't think so. Uh, He might know how to do it from a book, but he's never had the experience of doing it. The Christian who doesn't live out his faith and only has it in his head, but doesn't experience walking within his spirit is a Christian that is not mature. He's got head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. If you want to grow up and be mature in all things, not only must you know the truth, you must experience the truth in your life. The Word of God must be enmeshed in you so that you and the Word are one. Not that we're becoming the Word, but the Word of God is taking up resonance within us like Christ is taking up resonance within us, and we are different. It's changed our whole direction in our lives. Well, let's go on to the next letter, the letter F. You see, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are free. And because of that freedom, we are fulfilled. And we are free to serve. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is reminding disciples that he's got to go away. And and the reason he's got to go away is so that the helper can come. He says, the helper is not going to come until I go away. So when we think about being fulfilled and being free to serve, now it's futile for us to try to serve God without the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, talent and training and experience cannot take the place of the Holy Spirit. You know, long before the term ecology was discovered by environmentalists, John Sittler employed it to suggest the interconnectedness of all of life. One of the more provocative images of this is a spider web. You think about a spider web, you touch one part of it and all of the web quivers. Just so with the Spirit. The Spirit cannot be separated from my life, but must be understood and must be received in the midst of my entire existence. So when the Spirit of God touches one part of my life, it affects all parts of my life. Sin does the same thing. That's why we're not going to walk according to the lust of the flesh, but we're to be filled with the Spirit of God. And when that happens, we are free. And that freedom is not something that is given to us just so we can be irresponsible. God sets us free from sin so that we can be freed up to serve Him. That's where we find our fulfillment. It's one thing to be forgiven of your sins. It's another thing to be able to to use your freedom to serve somebody else. Well, let's get to the letter G. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, something's growing within us. We are growing in holiness. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, You are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of our God, the Spirit of our God. You know, holiness, it can't be rushed. Many years ago, there was a hymn that was written, and we used to sing it often in church. It's an older hymn. It was entitled, Take Time to Be Holy. Sometimes I wish we'd sing more of these songs these days, and it does take time to be holy. You can't rush into holiness. And much of the time that it takes to be holy is is this time in secret prayer. You see, some people express surprise that professing Christians today are so little like our Lord. But when we stop to think about how little time the average Christian today puts into secret prayer, that really should be astonishing to us how little time we spend in prayer. You see, you can't be strong in your faith. You can't be growing in faith if you're not spending much time in prayer. You see, there seems to be a pervasive idea today that if you have a moral center, you're somehow robbing yourself of experiencing life. In other words, if you believe that you ought to live a good moral life, then you're missing things in life. Fortunately, there are numerous examples that prove this does not have to be the case. You know, growing up in the spotlight comes with its own unique challenges, especially if you were raised with a moral standard different from Hollywood norm. And and Kiki Palmer knows a thing or two about navigating these challenges to her identity. Palmer grew up as a Disney actress on that particular show. I think it was called uh, Aquila and the Bee. And as you know, Disney actors and actresses do not always fare well into adulthood. I mean, we could think of a few examples that we could insert uh, at this point. But oftentimes, Disney children, actors and actresses, 
don't fare well into adulthood. But Palmer went on to star in films like Ice Age and and others. And, And recently she shared a message with her Instagram followers about what it really means to stay true to yourself. So this is what she said. Growing up, as I often was teased for being wholesome, the shows I acted on. Uh, The fact that I had a bedtime on tour, and even sometimes the way I spoke. What I hated most was that people assumed that because of all these things, I somehow had not experienced life. In a parallel post on Twitter, she wrote, I don't know who needs to hear this, but there's nothing wrong, nothing lame or corny about being wholesome. You see, if you've been born again, the Spirit of God takes up residence within you, and you are growing in holiness. Holiness means that I'm pure. It means I'm sanctified. Sanctification is that doctrine that is a progressive doctrine. In other words, the more I'm filled with the Spirit, the more I look like Jesus, the more holier I become. Now, notice I use that word holy, but not holier than thou. I become pure in the eyes of God. I am growing because I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Oh, what a great life it is to live a life that is changed and renewed because of what Christ has done for us. Somebody put it this way. Endure a few moments when you think about goodness. Goodness can endure a few moments. Holiness is life-defining. Your life is radically changed if you decide to live a life of holiness. You are growing holier every day. Well, let's get down to the letter H. We've covered a whole lot of territory in the broadcast today. Let me quickly review for you, okay? Letter A, those who are led by the Spirit are those who abide in Christ. Letter B, we learned that as we are going through being filled with the Holy Spirit, We're being constantly led by the Spirit, not just one and done, an ongoing lifestyle of being led by the Spirit. Letter C, we crucify the flesh, we die to the flesh, and we live in the Spirit. Letter D, we are devoted to the Father. Our devotion changed. We are no longer devoted to ourselves, we are devoted to the Father. Letter E, we are enmeshed in the Word of God, not drunk with wine, but filled with the Holy Spirit, letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. And then we get down to the letter F. We are free, free and fulfilled to serve the Lord. What a great opportunity that provides for us as we're freed up from our sins and we can serve the Lord. Letter G, we are growing in holiness because we've been washed, we've been sanctified by the Spirit of God. And then letter H, we are hope-filled. We have hearts that are filled with hope. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 22. For we know that the whole of creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly as we await eagerly for adoption as sons and redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. You know, all the troubles that you may be facing today, they're going to fade if you have hope in heaven. 
I can wait patiently upon the Lord because I know my future is bright. Somebody said the way you spell hope is H-O-P-E. Hold on, pain ends. Don't lose hope, my friend. When the sun goes down, the stars come out. You are a living hope. Uh, You have a blessed future. God has a plan for you of this, I'm sure. So Paul said in Romans 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Well, before we conclude today, let me ask you a question. What area of your life does the Spirit of God need to control? Uh, Maybe one of these points spoke to you today. Maybe you're not fully devoted to God the Father. Maybe you're not enmeshed in the Word of God. Maybe you're not growing in your holiness. Maybe you got kind of complacent and you're getting getting kind of lazy and, and it's time for you to crucify the flesh. Maybe you're not abiding in Christ. Maybe you're not being led by the Spirit. Oh, I pray today that you'll make some changes, that you will be one who totally surrenders your life to Christ. You know, the world has yet to see what could happen if one of us or two of us or a whole bunch of us decided to be totally surrendered to the Holy Spirit. We could turn this world upside down. So walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.